And it's another Friday in West Michigan, and you're listening to Speaking for Him with your host, Andrew Gamison, a special Me Before You edition. Um, yes, and uh, welcome to everyone who is listening. Thank you for that introduction, Chad. And um, this month of January, we are coming up uh, once again to the anniversary of Roe vs. Wade, uh, where we... Um, deal with issues uh, pertaining to the sanctity of all human life. Um, if you've been listening to the Speaking for Him podcast for any length of time, you know this is an important topic to me. And you also know that I've been promising for the last um, couple of years, actually, basically since I saw the movie when it was in theaters in 2016, that I would do a review of the movie maybe for you. And I just recently, as in yesterday and today, uh, rewatch the film again, and I'm very excited uh, to share this movie review um, and to discuss it with my uh, brother Bartholomew and my uh, producer co-host Chad. And some people have, um, when I mentioned on Facebook last night that I was re- rewatching this film in anticipation of sharing a review, <clears throat> people had said, don't watch it because the worldview on it isn't that great. And I will tell you that my initial thought was to do exactly that. Um, but then I read some stuff about it and I decided, well, I'll go and, and watch it. And if I don't think that it's worth watching, I'll let people know. And when I sat through and watched it the first time, I was like, this is a movie that every older teen through adult, um, even as a believer, needs to see. Um, yes, the, the worldview that comes through at the end is not something that I endorse. <clears throat> but I actually think that the author of the book and the producer of the film do a good job of throwing balance on the situation and not really endorsing assisted suicide. I know that's a major spoiler alert, but basically the premise of the movie is that this man uh, gets in a wreck. He gets hit by a motorcycle as he's walking across the street and he ends up paralyzed. And so his parents are trying to do whatever they can to show him that life is still worth living. And they hire this young lady named Lou uh, to be his caregiver um, and companion, and she tries to teach him how to live again. And in the process, uh, they become very close. And I will get more into that as we go on. But first, I want to share the trailer for the film Me Before You. Nightmares about those giblets. We tried beautician. Turns out hot wax is not my friend. I'm running out of options for you here, Louisa. Please, I'll take anything. And this is new care and companionship for a disabled man. Do you have any experience of caregiving? Um, I've never done it, but I'm sure I could learn. Then let's go meet Will. Will, this is Louisa Clark. Nathan will talk you through Will's routines and equipment. You don't have to talk across me, Mother. My brain isn't paralyzed yet. Good morning. Oh, he hates me. Every time I speak, he looks at me like I'm stupid. To be fair, you are pretty stupid. Yeah, but he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Interesting choice of footwear. What do you mean by that? That can't be from around here. Why not? 
This is the kind of place people come to when they got tired of actually living. I'm happy here. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be. You only get one life. It's actually your duty to live it as fully as possible. No, stay. Tell me something good. When I was little, my favourite outfit was my bumblebee tights. Bumblebee tights. Black and yellow stripes. Oh, dear God. Didn't you ever love anything that much? Yes. Loving can hurt. Please don't tell me you shaved off my eyebrows. Neither one. Can I take you somewhere? <laughs> you are so going on a date with Will Trainer. It's too booby. Get the red dress out. We keep this I don't want to go in yet. I just want to be a man who's been to a concert with a girl in a red dress. A few minutes more. Loving can heal. I promised my parents six months and that's what I've given them. But that was before me. I want him to live, but only if he wants to live. I can't just let this happen. You can't change who people are. Well, what can you do? You love them. And if you hurt me... I don't want you to miss all of the things that someone else could give you. I have become a whole new person because of you. Do you know something, Clark? You are pretty much the only thing that makes me want to get up in the morning. Wait for me to come home. All right, <clears throat> and there you have a trailer for me before you and. Before we go around the table and talk about our, our reactions, I did want to share our quote of the day. So, Chad, if you could if you could read that for us. Sure, it's it's a uh, I know we can do this. I know it's not how you would have chosen it, but I know I can make you happy. And all I can say in that you make me you make me into someone I couldn't even imagine. You make me happy. Even when you're awful, I would rather be with you. Even the you that you seem to think is dis diminished than, th with any, than with anyone else in the world. And that's Lou Clark, the character. And um, me before you. All right. So... <clears throat> Uh, I've kind of given some of my initial thoughts of the film and how uh, this is a very personal experience for me. <clears throat> I have a lot of the same uh, fears, a lot of the same concerns that Will had in the film. I think I remember telling people after I watched it the first time um, two things. Number one, if I was without Christ, I would be Will. I would have wanted, because there was a time in my life as a teenager when I did want to end it all. And then also, if, but I also said if there was a girl in my life like Lou was to Will, then suicide would be the farthest thing from my mind. Um, and I still hope that she's out there somewhere. Um, <clears throat> but I can definitely relate to a lot of what's going on in this film. And so that's why it's so important to me. So Chad, can you give us some initial thoughts? Well, I am opposed to, um, to euthanasia, um, assisted suicide and such. I, uh, it's, it's controversial though. 
because you looked at a, you look at a loved one who is suffering and you think you are actually helping them by assisting them in the process of ending their lives um and it seems merciful but it's not i liked how the character the um lou how she fell in love with him at the end of the movie and i felt that the way they expressed her character when she went up to um, his mother at the end and said, hey, you don't have to pay me. I tried. Because that was her goal. Her goal eventually came, became trying to convince uh, Mr. Trainer to not take his own life. And she was not successful. Yeah, I think I, think I would kind of echo Andrew's thoughts the the first time I watched the movie, and actually the only time I watched the movie, it was um, it was a very enjoyable love story um, through most of it, and I think that if at the end he had chosen not to commit suicide, it definitely would have made um, it more enjoyable, and more of the lines of what we um, what we expect. You know, we expect happy endings. Um, they tried to, you know, in some ways show that this was a happy ending when it wasn't. Um, but at the same time, I can see the point that uh, without Christ, um, you know, really there's no really any reason to live. And um, that's a, a sad thing to say. But um, if you're living for love, so to speak, um, you know, a lot of love stories they kind of elevate love as, well, love conquers all, but we know in real life it doesn't. Um, only Christ can ultimately conquer all. So that's kind of what I came away from the movie thinking that um, that we need Christ because, you know, no matter how good our love story is, it's not going to really fulfill us in the end. I think one of the things that I was thinking about is you were you were talking, Chad. You, you said that uh, this issue is controversial because people think that they're being compassionate with their loved ones and they're doing the right thing by helping them ease their pain. Mm-hmm. But one thing that Will didn't realize in his own pain was how much pain he was inflicting on Lou because she loved him for who he was. Right. She said, you're not going to change, but I don't want you to change. I need you to be who you are, and <clears throat> I want you to love me and to be here to love me. And, but he decided that even though she made his life better, she couldn't make his life good enough. And I can't imagine being saddled with that kind of survivor's guilt. Um, the, the idea that, the idea that I, I made his life better, but I couldn't make it good enough for him to stick around. And, also the idea that <clears throat> you you can decide uh, what you think is best for um, someone else who's already told you that you're the best thing that's ever happened to them. Mm-hmm. I remember a real-life story about a guy whose wife or wife-to-be was paralyzed while they were engaged. And he, his feelings for her never changed. He said, I want to stay with you. I think we should still get married. I love you. And she decided to commit suicide by starving herself. Mm. And they followed up with him a couple 
years later, and he said that he tried to date, but he couldn't date anyone else. She was the one for him, and she broke his heart. And she didn't realize, she thought she was doing him a service because she didn't want to burden him mm. with her. But to him, it was the worst thing to ever happen when she decided to, to starve herself. And, and, you know, I understand that there's different reasons why people are driven to suicide. And it's not an easy issue. But, but when people say that it's not selfish, they're not thinking about that particular issue. The fact that, your life affects other people's lives. It's not just your life. Everyone who who you interact with, everyone whose life you walk in and out of, they have a stake. They have a vested interest in whether you stay alive or not. And I'll never forget going to a funeral of um, a distant relative of mine who committed suicide, and, and the room was packed to the gills. I mean, they didn't have enough room for everybody that was there. And I kept wondering, I kept thinking, well, if only he had known while he was alive how he had impacted so many people. So I think that's one of my things is to make sure that people know how much they've impacted my life. I try to live with an attitude of gratitude and one that shows people that they matter in my life because I know how much a difference that's made in my own life when, when people have said that to me. So, um, just some important initial thoughts. Um, uh, this doesn't feel like a conventional review, so I feel kind of awkward even just going through some of these questions. But I just want to say, um, that this, it's really hard for me because I've been in a situation where um, a girl and I, on one of the dating sites, we hit it off. We talked for a couple weeks. When she found out about my wheelchair, she backed away. And at first, she she tried to say that it was a, an issue with our churches, but I, I knew that our churches were very similar. And so I challenged her. I said, you know, if you're uncomfortable, let me know, but you're, I think you're lying to me. And she finally admitted that, that I could do the physical side of a relationship to the degree that she wanted. And to have something like that be the reason why we couldn't continue a relationship, that was really rough to hear. Right. I um, imagine. Especially given the fact that I know, even though it won't be the same, um, I know that I have the ability to, um, to physically interact. I'm not even paralyzed. So I have feeling in all of my extremities. Um, so while there will be challenges there, I fully, I feel fully capable of having a full and beautiful relationship. I think that's one of the things that bothered me about the film too is I know people that are quadriplegics that are paralyzed that have natural born children um, that have fairly natural lives. And it didn't seem like the film or the book explored enough of that for Will's character. But, um, but I definitely resonate with, with feelings of uselessness at different points in my life. I know what it's like to wake up with, 
daily pain to a degree. It's not like, in my case, it's usually not severe, but I know what it's like to wake up with daily pain. And so without, without the hope of Christ, I wouldn't be able to face every day. But like I work every day and I do this podcast, I stay busy, uh, regardless of the fact that I'm in this wheelchair. So I don't let it stop me. And, you know, if there's any regret from this film, it's that I wish that, that there was a similar film that would explore, um, that side of things and the difference that that can make. Because the issues that it does talk about, um, <clears throat> you know, staying with people through thick and thin, getting to know the real person, you know, he, he, it's interesting because she had a boyfriend in the film, but he was not sensitive to who she really was. And here's this guy in a wheelchair that a lot of people would write off and he got to know the real her. And you can see the difference when you see the birthday gifts that they give her at her birthday party. He gives her something that she really wanted and her boyfriend gives her something that he thinks she'll like just because it's fancy. And so I just thought that was a really telling scene. Yet I wonder um, if the author put some thought, put some thought into it um, because, you know, like the boyfriend was, you know, he was a, an athlete, so to speak. I don't remember what, if he was competing in something, but he, yeah, was, he was a runner. He was always running, always biking, always doing these things and trying to get her to do them with him. And she wasn't that interested, but the contrast between her boyfriend who was very active and then this guy who can't even move and the guy who can't even move is the guy that eventually wins her heart. Did you have any thoughts on a particular scene or something in the movie that really stood out to you, Chad? Uh, I like the fact that they didn't seem to glorify um, assisted suicide. It was the reality at the end of the movie, yes. <laughs> it, it happened, yes. But they didn't make it sound like it was a good thing. They showed that it would be a very devastating thing and that it would hurt a lot of people. But they did not give me the impression that this was something that was glorified. Well, yeah, if you look at it, you'll see Lou didn't want him to die. His parents didn't want him to die. His mom especially was devastated. Her parents thought it was ridiculous that he was going to kill himself. So all these people around him wanted nothing more for him than that he would continue to live. Right. And yet he, even after all of that, because the whole time you're watching the film, I mean, I knew about the ending because it was so well publicized before the film came out. But the whole time you're watching it, you're holding out hope that you, that there'll be a different ending, that, that he will choose life and that he will choose to, to, uh, embrace life to its fullest with Lou. Because one of the things that bothers me the most about the film is actually a letter that he wrote to her That's for right. her to read after he died. Everything that he's telling her to do is stuff that he should have been telling himself to do. The limitations, the the biggest limitations he had were the ones that he put on himself. You know, that's that's the biggest thing that my parents did for me is tell me the biggest limitations that will happen in your life is the limitations that you put on yourself. 
when I graduated from high school, my dad pushed me to go to college because he said, you don't need education standing in the way of you and a good job because you are bright, you can work, and you have a lot to prove, but people aren't going to believe it unless they see it. And so he he pressured me in a good way to stay in school, to get my degree so that I would be able to work and have a quality job. And I'm so thankful for that today. And I never thought in a million years that I'd be working in education, but I am, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. But that, to me, was one of the biggest sad parts about the movie was the fact that the very thing that he was telling her to do, to live boldly, to enjoy life, to go and do things, do things. Those are all things. Those are all things that he should have been doing. All things that should have been part of his focus. All right. So I'm going to ask a little bit of a challenging question, and that is, other than Lou or Will, because they're the main characters, who was your favorite character in the film? We'll start with BJ. Um. I mean, I guess her her best her best friend was definitely a big part in their relationship because, um, but I, I don't, because you know when she had questions, she went to her best friend. Her best friend said, "I think it was her best friend, or maybe it was her sister that kind of pushed her into it and been like, just just go for it." So I think that definitely. Um, also, Will had a. Uh, had a uh, personal care attendant, which is kind of my job with Andrew. And so that's kind of, I kind of resonated with that. Like somebody that came in and, you know, had to do what needed to be done. But, um, so I guess those two characters. I really liked the sister as well. And there's nothing wrong with your sister being your best friend for the record, for anyone listening. If your sister is your best friend, that's a good thing. But yeah, the sister was a really good character. Um, and I liked the fact that, that she didn't discourage her from doing the job or, or think of it as, as just a job. She really realized how important it was to Lou and encouraged her to embrace that and encourage her to help. Well, again, another life affirming issue where she's like, go find things for him to do. And find exciting things that you guys can do together so that he can f- find a zest for life. So uh, did you have any additional thoughts, Chad? I thought that the caregiver was a good character. I think what was his name? Nathan? Yes. Nathan was a good character um, because of his loyalty. Um, he wanted what was best for Will, but yet at the same time... He also disagreed with his choice to take his life. Again, just another one of those situations where you you see that happening. So, and again, I know this hasn't been a conventional review, but this is not a conventional film. Um, but I do want to ask one final question of both of you, and that is, what is the biggest lesson that you took away from the film? And we'll start with Chad. Biggest lesson I took away from the film is um, never underestimate somebody who has a handicap. And BJ? Um, I definitely would go with 
you know, coming up from a Christian perspective that ultimately you need, you need Christ and, um, love isn't going to be enough, so to speak. Um, I guess that, that's, that's not a lesson they were trying to teach, but I think that's what I took away from it. And I, I think the biggest lesson is that it's good to learn what other people go through. It's good to learn to walk around, um, in their shoes. Uh, I think Atticus Finch in the book to kill a mockingbird said it this way. He said, don't judge someone until you get in their skin and walk around in it for a bit. And that's not literally possible, but by watching a film like this, you'll be able to, to have a whole new appreciation for what myself and people like me go through on a daily basis. And I believe that even, um, in spite of all my challenges or perhaps even partially because of them, I believe that I would make a good husband and a father. And I still look forward to the day that that happens. And I believe that for the right um, person, um, there's a lot of adventure ahead for us as a couple. And I'm praying along those lines, and I ask you to pray for me that God would bring the right person to me. And just watch this film with an open mind and an open heart. Again, I would probably recommend it because of some of the content for ages 16 and up with watching with parents and discussing this film because there's a lot of issues having to do with um, traveling with someone with a disability. You know, she learns to, to drive his, his handicap van and operate the ramp so they can go and do stuff. She has to navigate getting him unstuck because they go to the horse races and she gets stuck in the mud. I've done that before, not gone to the horse races, but got stuck in the mud. Um, and so just so much of it is real life disability stuff. And so I'd encourage you to watch it with that in mind. And hopefully it will give you a, a renewed appreciation for, for what it's like to have a, a <clears throat> healthy body maybe, or also for what it's like to live with whatever limitation you have and to be thankful for what you have. And ultimately to trust that Christ knows what is best for us. You know, Will didn't have the hope that we do. We have the hope that all things right. work together for good to those that are called according to his purpose. And I hope that those in our audience have that hope. And if you don't, I'd encourage you to trust Christ today and to find a Bible-believing church where you can be grounded and built up in the faith. It's very important. All right, well, I think that's all we have time for today for our Me Before You review. I hope that you will... uh take an opportunity to watch this film i believe it's on dvd and i know as of this recording it is streaming on amazon prime so um maybe this weekend you'll take I some time to Netflix. watch it i watched it on netflix yep. all right well <laughs> thank you very much for that and uh have a good weekend everybody and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison. 
founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.